Hey, everybody, it's Bernsey and the Suns, after all that time off, got the win last night over the Houston Rockets. So what stood out to us? We'll talk about it on today's Burns and Gambo show starting at straight up 2 o'clock. At Suns 21 and 9 now since Christmas. We'll get a little bit deeper into this later on in the show, but I'm just I'm looking at it, Wolf. Only two teams in basketball have more wins than the Suns since Christmas. Boston has 23. Oklahoma City has 23. But Oklahoma City's also played two more games than the Suns with their 21 wins. Last night, look, it wasn't just one guy, but at the beginning it was Devin Booker 20 points in the first quarter to really set the tone, which I love because they hadn't played in a few days. So we could have easily been in this spot where it's like, well, they hadn't played since Sunday, and then the game Thursday, so they had a slow first quarter before they got their feet under them. Devin Booker didn't allow that. 20 points in the first quarter, 26 by halftime, finishes with 35. And if you're, if you're asking me, like, you know, the Sunday game, it was who was the player of the game for the Suns? To me, it was Nurkic. Yeah. Last night, very clearly, Devin Booker. Yeah, you know, going into this game as well, Kevin or Devin, we like to play this game, Kevin or Devin, and it was Devin Booker, wasn't it? It was. We're just going. You must have picked Devin. Yes. Okay, you did. I, once again, Basin. This, this puts you in you first. You, you, you champion your victories. You know, you but watch you. We should honestly pick a Kevin or Devin for tomorrow yeah. as well. We should. Yeah, I'll do we'll it. Why? Again. Why would we do that? Because why Friday? are you letting it get to your head? <laughs> there's not a, Mel, there's no game tonight. You we only do Kevin hat. or Devin. We only do Kevin or uh, Devin when there's a game. Hey. Oh, so okay. the rules don't apply to you, Caleb Williams? <laughs> no, what are you talking about? There, this is a rule right here, of course. There's no game today. Hey, I'll play. There's a game tomorrow. Uh, one of us is on a four-game winning streak, so I'll, I, we'll play for a game next uh, next. Did you March go with Devin as well? I did go with Devin. Okay, there yeah. you go, right there. We just had this feeling, right? And, of course, Book did not disappoint. He went off in this game right now. Came out and scored 20 points in the first quarter. Only two in the third. I got a little nervous in the third. 20 points in the first quarter came mm-hmm. out, and, you know, that to me was a Sicilian message once again. And the team rallied around Devin Booker. This is the one thing about it. This team is going to go as Book goes. Uh, th- this is I'm fine with this that. is where I'm starting to settle into right now. And it, I could be wrong on this, Space Orleans, but I'm just getting this feeling right now. They're going to go as Book goes. No, they are. For the most part. Th- think about if, if you... Is there a scenario where Booker's bad in the playoffs, but they go deep anyway because KD drags them like to the finals or something? I don't think there is. I think, I mean, it, it, that would be so weird. The Suns go on a run and Booker's not really doing much. They're going to go where Devin Booker takes them. They they absolutely are. Uh, now, they're going to need Kevin Durant, obviously, at his best as well. And he hasn't necessarily been at his best in these few games out of the All-Star break statistically. But he came up big in the second half, KD did, uh, when they were kind of wavering a little bit. And so his shooting's been, what, since the the game since the All-Star break, he's shot 40%, 45 35 and last night 42%. Th- those are not KD numbers. From three, he is 6 of 26 since the All-Star break. Man. So that's going to, unless you think he's exhausted from playing so much, that's those numbers are going to go right back up too. Think about this: the four games that the Suns have played since the All Star break, nine in twenty nine for twenty two from the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay, here I go. Here, here are numbers Boy. once again. Okay. Everyone just fasten their seatbelt. All right, nine for twenty two. I'll add them up. Ten of twenty two, seven of twenty, 
eight and nineteen from the floor. This is these are Katie's numbers right there. Okay, so you add all those up, and I can tell you right now, he is well below his shooting percentage average for the season. Ron Wolfley reported. Shooting about 41%, 34 for 83. Yes, exactly. There you go. Luke Lipinski doing math live on the air. With a calculator. We could sit there. And <laughs> thank you for that clarification. <laughs> but KD, man, um, he's, in a, he's in a rough patch right now. But every great shooter, I think, goes through this. From time to time, but this this is how you don't need to like you don't need a stat to prove that Kevin Durant's great. But this is how you know that you've you've like you figured out the game, right? Those numbers you just gave, not great, not yeah. great. But in those four games, twenty three points, twenty eight, twenty two, and twenty four, he still finds ways to get points. And I mean, he affects the game. What he's got twenty nine rebounds in those four games. He's got twenty two assists in those four games. He's still going to find a way to positively impact the game in a big way. Not just like, oh, you know, KD didn't have it tonight, but he didn't hurt the team. Like, no, they they might not win last night if he doesn't pick it up in the second half the way he did. This is, there's there's two camps on, on Kevin Durant if you're a Suns fan right now, and I think one's a lot bigger than the other one. I'm in the big one, I think, where it's Kevin Durant's going to be just fine. He's Kevin Durant. This is what, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll get it right. And, and even when he's not, he's still impacting the games. But there is that school of thought from if you're if you're a true Valley sports fan, pessimistic until proven otherwise, which I kind of get because of the way things have gone over the last, I don't know, 20 years. You're like, man, this guy's played more minutes than anybody on the team. Do we have to worry that he's not going to be peak Kevin Durant in yeah. the playoffs? I'm not worried about that, but I understand that's out there. No, I'm not worried about that as well. The only thing is uh, some of the times um, the turnovers, I think, get to be um, multiple, of course, with KD. And uh, as long as he's got a two-to-one turnover ratio, assist-to-turnover ratio, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> right? yeah. I'm just telling you, three-to-one is what you want, of course. Three-to-one or better is what you want, basically, but... You know what, uh, KD, if you're just going to go ahead and it, it keep it at a two-to-one, um, I, I guess that's what we're going to have to do, and I'll, I'm okay with that, based on everything else that Kevin Durant brings to the floor. But it is interesting, again, when you watch them play, they are counting on KD to also be a handler of the ball and to facilitate. They're asking a lot of him, but he is one of the all-time greats, so you feel like <laughs> if you give up what you gave up to get him, he may have to do multiple jobs. He does so he many do things so well, of course. So much, so much, so well when he's out of the floor that nobody really notices that kind of stuff, his turnovers. But he does turn the ball yes, over. Yes, he has been. There's, There's been a lot of the times when the Suns have lost this season. KD's had a you know a few more turnovers than certainly he would like because he blames himself for it every time. Yep. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic really quickly after the game talking about Cam Whitmore getting into it with Booker. I mean, the kid... You know, did some some bullshit in, in uh, Houston too. We remember, so they want to play that nonsense basketball. They, I understand they're young and you know they got to fight up and they you know have a good coach and you know I think they great you know setup for the future. But it's just we don't want to play the anti basketball and I want to always have, you know back on my teammates. You looked pretty fired up after that. How did that kind of just spark something in you and also the team? Almost I knew it was going to happen regardless. You know, I know he, he tried to go out there. You know, sometimes I use my, you know, jump ability to block shots. Sometimes I'm not, but um don't want to get a foul trouble. But um, at the end of the day, it's a basketball. But, you know, hopefully those stuff not 
you know, cross the line and people get injured. So that's the, you know, big, the biggest thing, kind of finding, you know, between lines. And they play again tomorrow night. You said so much and yet so little time. I want to talk about this. We'll get this back into gonna this. going to be big. Uh, we come back next. Starks is going to join us. How does he feel about Marvin Harrison Jr. skipping media availability today? And what are his thoughts on Caleb Williams not doing the medical testing? We're going to ask the two-time Super Bowl champion. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Matt Starks. Matt Starks. Maximum Footmas. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Matt Starks. All right, before we get to Max, I do want to throw this out there because we just found out, Wolf. What are you doing at 1 o'clock today? I'm talking to Jonathan Gannon. Well, yeah, now you are. Oh. Jonathan Gannon's calling in at 1 o'clock from Indianapolis. How about that right there? Look at that. The head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, at 1 o'clock yep. on the Wolf and Luke Show. 1 o'clock today, live from uh, Indianapolis. Max Starks joining us right now, two-time Super Bowl champion. We're gonna. It's not quite maximum football. He's going to stick around for a couple segments, though. Max, what's going on, buddy? I'm do- I'm doing well. Yeah, this is this is like maximum foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's well because it's not minimum football either. I don't know. It's like it's whatever yeah, it's the medium minimum. is. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like it's, it's like half. It's like not maximum. It's medium. Okay, football. Me- medium football. So yeah. I, I have to get context right now, Max. Where are you? Where exactly are you? I, I'm in my office at my house. Okay, uh, I got back late last night from the scouting combine. I was there since Sunday, and uh, I am I am home today because I have uh, I have a spring show to be at tomorrow morning. So then that was kind of a non-negotiable. Mm. So that took precedent because, yeah, my daughter said so. Oh, that's, yeah, right. that's so good. Gotta listen Buddy, to the boss. Thank you for taking time yeah. to join us, yeah, man, because I know you've Wait been working all week, man. appreciate that, Max. No, no, my, my pleasure. I mean, I, I mean, we were a little short um, earlier this week, so it wasn't wasn't quite. You could we couldn't really delve into it, but two segments gives us time to delve. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna ask you about two players in particular, and you just you tell me if either of these things bothers you, or if one bothers you more than the other, whatever. But uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. not showing up to media availability today and Caleb Williams saying that he's not going to do the medical testing at the combine. Are are those anything to you? Yeah, Caleb okay. Williams. Okay. That's the one that that's the that's the one that gnaws at the crawl. That's what that's Wolf the said one too. That grinds my gears. Because the whole entire reason that this is even a thing, the scouting combine, is for the medical. It's to give <laughs> a a comprehensive, complete Medical overview where all 32 teams are there, all the medical is consistent, and it's not left up to interpretation between different teams and hearsay. And do we send info? Do we not send info? Like the old scouting, like when Gil Brandt and Bill Nunn get into it about scouting tape, you know, back in the day. Well, well, I sent it to Bill Nunn. Well, can I get it, Bill? Well, yeah, it's in the mail. Never comes. So this is this was why the scouting combine was created for continuity mm. and transparency um above all else like the media i don't care because there's a million different outlets for players to get their message out to be asked questions you know we have our networks and other networks that can request it with the agent i mean that part is not i mean that scrum is 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 you know it, it's it, it's nice to go through it because everybody's there you figure you have so many media outlets that can go and record it at the same time i mean it's content producing for us but 
for the player not speaking at you know at media availability, I could care less. I mean, you right. know, for me, I, I care about what you do on the field. Now, if you don't do medical like Caleb Wood, and then you don't work out later on this afternoon, then we have a problem. Why'd you even show up? You know, at, at that point. Um, so, but but you know, not speaking. But when you don't do the medical, especially when it's as streamlined. And as complete as it is, and it gives everybody the same snapshot, that's where I get a little pissy because that's that's why you're there. That's why you're there. You know, it's for me, Max, I look at it like he doesn't want to be poked and prodded like he was some fourth-round pick. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. This is just me. You go through what I go through. It just, yeah. uh, there, there's Tom a... Brady went through it. Yes. Bill Burrow went through it. Patrick Mahomes went through it. Um, what makes you so different? And... You know, I would say I would choose those guys over you right now. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you have done nothing for me in the NFL ranks, and you did, you did some things. You know, don't let me discredit him at all. I mean, there's a reason why he's the number one sure, overall. Sure, absolutely. But at the same time, you didn't have that great of a year last year that you that you should be turning stuff down like like this. This is where the NFL is asking. I get a Senior Bowl or an East West Shrine game, a All Star game, a bowl game, whatever. That's fine. But when it comes to this part of it, now this is the professionalism aspect of it. That's when I have a problem. You know, media, you know, it, it is what it is. You, you'll get it when you need it. And there's other ways to get questions asked as opposed to whether he believes there's space or not. Or, you know, you know, does he believe in aliens? You know, I mean, because it becomes almost <laughs> like media uh, on Super Bowl on Super Bowl uh, opening night. It becomes those type of crazy off the wall questions after a while. Um, but. You know, medical. You're there. For, you're you're there for medical. And you're there to work out. And you're there to be available to the teams. And yeah. making yourself not available to a team to a critical component. That's that's a question mark for me. It's just for me. It's got the whole attitude of Globo Jim. <laughs> We're better than you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I, just it drives me crazy. What is it? Dodge? Yeah, well, and you. I mean, think about him as like. I mean, just think about the timeline from the last two games of the season to now. Um. He was going to stay in school because he wanted equity in whatever team that drafted him. Uh, he cries in his mama's arms. Oh, no. He doesn't do his final press conference uh, on his birthday. And then he's saying he wants to be traded. Now he doesn't want to be traded. And then now you don't show up for medical. I tried so like, hard, mommy. Yeah. I tried so hard. See, I, I really, really wanted to Gosh. <laughs> Darn it, the heck! <laughs> I I feel like I'm gonna have a. It's gonna he's gonna make it harder and harder for me to defend him all season because I feel like I'm gonna be defending Caleb Williams for a while, but he's yeah. he's making it. I, I I'm not a fan of the I get different roles than everybody else. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's the one thing. I still think he's gonna be a great quarterback, but I don't love the. Yeah, he'll be good. I, so I don't love the special ever roles. until they get a dome in Chicago. No quarterback. <laughs> that is that's true. In November, December. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Okay, so your your other big takeaways from the combine and being at the combine. I mean, the size of 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 these young men. It, 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 it's it, it's real. Really? It's real. I mean, when you stand next to Javondre Sweat, yes, he is. <laughs> he is a you know a, a, a fresh bowling ball that has not been drilled yet. I mean, he is a humongous <laughs> young man. Uh, Braden Fisk, very tall, and his speed. You know, when I watched him do that forty, that was that was impressive. Um, yesterday, he um, ran a yeah, four seven eight. Correct. Yes, man. correct. At, wow. at that size, that's pretty pretty impressive. Um, I was surprised Chris Jenkins' hand size. That was a little. That was a little. Um, little. Little crazy. Uh, he he was a sub nine hand size. Wow. Uh, for a D tackle. Okay. So 
that stood out to me. Um, the linebacking crew, man, Edger and Cooper, um, his speed, and I love his redirection when he did the four bag and the wave drill, or the wave, uh, no, four bag drill and his wave drill. Jeez, they're two separate drills, but they're right back to back. Um, I was really impressed. Dallas Turner, uh, Peyton Wilson. Um, I did not expect I did not expect him to be lightning like he was uh, to have the fastest linebacker time, but um, you know because everybody was you know the grumbling was then and then NFL Network put it up on the screen and in, in, in the stadium, uh, Luke Keekley. I'm like whoa 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 let's slow down here that's not quite Luke Keekley, but um, but he has he has some impressive skills. Um, I was really impressed by the um, by the kids from Washington. You know, because all I got to really see was linebackers and uh, D linemen yesterday. Because the field work is now a prime time television spectacle. It doesn't start as early as it used to. It used to be started. It used to start on Tuesdays, but now that it's a prime time, everything gets backed up to Thursday through Sunday for the television viewing public versus the actual scouting purposes. Um, so I think uh, you know, but the O linemen were were walking around. So I did go back. And kind of uh, peruse around and lumber around with those guys. The wideouts, uh, very impressive size on a lot of these. I mean, the wideout class is so deep. Um, that, yeah. I mean, you could pretty much pick what what you want. They have, you know what I'm saying? It's like going to Costco. Um, you know, you, it's like oh, I just, I just, I just want to get you know some sparkling water. We have 27 different brands of sparkling water, any size. We can get you a small one, we yeah, can get but you a big one. We can get everything in between. Is it Costco on a Friday? I mean, that is yeah. yeah. Well, that that, is, that's what, what the combine zoom. is. The, the, hey, the combine is Costco on a Friday because <laughs> everybody wants your attention. Everybody's around. There's agents. There's the PA. There's NFL, you know, uh, big wigs that are there from the national office as well as all the team personnel. Now, the one thing that wasn't, what was was kind of crazy, about 10 teams weren't there um, as far as staffs. Um, they sent their GMs. I think the head coaches came and then their scouting personnel, but coaches um, this is probably the biggest contingent of non-coaches for those positions that did not show up. Um, you know, Washington Commanders didn't show up. San Fran, LA, um, Seattle, and uh, and then like five, five or six other teams did not. But bring Max, the staff. isn't this a crazy. new trend? Isn't this trending yeah, that is. way with the NFL? Well, also because of the availability of it being on primetime television, right? Right. Everything you want to know, it's there. The stats are there. And then they're getting the live feed from the NFL info and stats office as far as all the measurables and everything. But there's still something about putting eyes on a guy in this environment, seeing how he reacts to the stress. Agreed. And I get it. You can have your one-on-one interviews. You can go to Pro Day, take him out to dinner, and have that intimate setting like a romantic candlelit dinner with you know, one string of spaghetti and one meatball and no. see who's going to blink first. You know, you can have those moments. But I think this environment is something that's it's very unique to football um, and professional sports having to go through the car wash of everything. And do you keep the same spirit? Do you keep the same resiliency? Do your answers stay consistent? Because you have the formal slash, and you also have the informal interviews that occur when you sit in that train station area, Wolf, and you're just sitting at a table like speed dating. Anybody can sit down. Or if you're sitting by yourself, guy pulls you up, pulls you to the corner, wants to ask you a one-on-one question. Yeah. How do you respond in the moment? You get all of those type of things where the nervous system is is at an all-time high. You don't get that with the one-on-ones, and you don't get that you know, with a pro day because they're they're curated at that point. So this is something that is really special. I feel like it's a rite of passage when you go through the league to go through this process because everybody's gone through it. All of the greats, 
you know, have gone through it unless they weren't invited to the combine, you know. But usually, you know, the greats that were invited showed up and showed out. Uh, all right, we'll get into some more prospects that have been standing out this week. Maybe Chop Robinson. Max Stark's going to stick around yes. for more medium football next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Footmas. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. All right, we got Max for one more segment here. He was out at Indianapolis most of this week. And uh, Max, I'm going to throw a name at you that I was kind of hoping might be there for the Cardinals that second first round pick Mel Kuyper Jr. in his uh, mock draft his uh, 2.0 on Wednesday had Chop Robinson going to the Niners at pick 31 but Chop Robinson just ran a 4.4840 so I'm guessing Chop Robinson is yeah. not going to be there at 27 uh no no, no. uh and I think you know, I, but here's the thing, though. I mean, we always see wonkiness where guys start to drop depending on what runs happen, right, Luke? Yeah. I mean, you know, we like we still haven't seen the O line run yet because there's a it's a deep offensive line draft, and guess what? Every team always needs offensive linemen. True. So if a couple of more linemen go earlier than predicted, then you do get a pushback because edge guys. You know, you're going to get one or two that are going to that pro- might slip into the top ten. But for all intents and purposes, it will be quarterbacks, tackles, wide receivers, and then maybe a corner really dominating the top ten. And then I think you see that first edge rusher come off about ten, eleven, and then it depends on is that the run or is cornerback now the run? Because there's a lot of good corners in here as well. And that's where you kind of like worry, like, okay, well, is it the corner run that's going to happen right there in that sweet spot, that preteen teen range uh, and carry into the 20s or not? So that and does a defensive tackle sprinkle in there? Right. Because like you said, you just saw Braden Fisk, Byron Murphy had, had a great time as well. And so do those guys sprinkle in and kind of disrupt the flow of those runs? And then edge will be in there. Edge will get picked through, um, you know, because you saw the speeds and now people will be in love with speed. But we also have to remember another thing that you have to be worried about production. Production is always a key indicator as well. And so even though Jared Verse did not run one of the top three fastest times, Jared Verse is going to be a guy that still goes early in this draft because the production is unreal at Florida State. So that's where we can't get caught up on just numbers that apply at the Underwear Olympics, which is the combine. You have to also look at how that guy plays on tape. And Chop still has... A lot of things that he needs to work on. I know people are throwing around Micah Parsons' name. That is that is very tough company. I get they went to the same school. LeVar Arrington went to the same school. Um, and so you can get enamored with that, but Chop still has some things that he has to work on to polish himself as, as, as an actual pass rusher elite edge because the production wasn't there at Penn State, and you saw him taking on a lot of run blocking, especially in primetime games like a Michigan game. I had him in the Illinois game uh, earlier in the year. And Illinois ran a lot, ran a lot of play action and a lot of run at him to neutralize him. So he hasn't really shown that elite. I'm going to dominate and be a pure savage in the backfield. He still has a ways to go to, to polish himself. We can't get too caught up in uh, in numbers from the combine, but at least like three or four teams definitely will because they always do. 
Oh, yeah. of course. I mean, I mean, the Raiders famously, right? Yeah. I mean, the, that's the, the position we need. We'll just take him. Don't worry about skills. Um, <laughs> he can run really, really good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, Max, the number one question: If you were sitting in that room and you were able to interview some offensive lineman, any player for that matter, what's the number yeah. one question you're going to ask him? Number one: Pro Bowl or Super Bowl? Which <laughs> <one>? <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, That'll okay, tell you everything. Okay, that will tell you everything right there. But I, I'm go, I'm I think I'm going to be at odds with you on this one. Okay, where are you going? How do you answer? I, I can see where this is going already. Oh, how, how do I answer? Oh, Super Bowl. Oh, That's Pro how Bowl. I've been. No, Pro Bowl. No, I, no, I don't care about the Pro Bowl. Oh man, Pro, 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 Pro Bowl is a fan and name acknowledgement award. A Super Bowl is a team goal that is achieved. It's the ultimate fantasy of every kid since you've grown up and started watching professional football. Yeah, but once again, when I play... goes with you, it makes you immortal. A Pro Bowl, especially today's... Come on, it's a flag football game today. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm just saying you know? right now, today it's totally different. Back when I was yeah, playing, yeah, back, it was... Well, it was we too. were voted by your peers, and as you know... It meant more. Oh, it, 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 meant, it meant way more. more. You know what it was? Super I mean, Bowl means more look, than that. Look, <laughs> what is... Yeah, but, but, but once again, though, you know what? There's a lot of guys that played one play in the Super Bowl, and they got a Super Bowl ring. Okay, you know, for me, can I just tell you right now, I just say my my number one job is to go out and support my family. So I'll take the Pro Bowl over that, period. You know what would be great is if Wolf and Max were interviewing prospects together. And asked that question of the prospect. And then got into an argument with each other. Before be the prospect. Awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> the prospect's like, yes. should I answer or just leave? Yes. You know, I'm just going to leave. The room. My 12 minutes are up. But I mean, yes, I, I get and, I, and I, get your, I get your philosophy. But when you're thinking about it as an organization trying to bring in a guy, and that's my responsibility is to pick the best fit for our organization, it's the me it's the team guy over the me guy in that moment so that is where you have to and there's always context behind an answer right it's just not cut and dry but for me snap judgment especially being an offensive lineman like where we don't really get that like if my name's not joe thomas guess what as long as joe thomas is in the league he's going to get a pro bowl <laughs> nod after the first one you know you also remember that wolf where if if a guy especially in my position if you got mentioned once you could write him in for the next three years, regardless of whatever he does. Willie Anderson was injured for nine out of 16 games his last year in the league, and I played all 16 and went to a Super Bowl. Guess who still got the starting nod and who was second alternate? Oh, he was you know. a Bengal too, wasn't he? You know what I'm saying? That was yeah, even he worse. He was a Bengal. So, so, so that's where I kind of feel a little different about the Pro Bowl experience. Like skill positions, there's production and numbers to back it up. Offensive line is very subjective because even when you establish or give a sack to someone, there's variables within it. Just because it was my guy when the play started does not mean he was my guy at the end when the sack was made. If there was a twist or anything else, but let's say defensive end, Demarcus Ware got the sack. No. Well, nobody says that he that he ran a slappy dog stunt and two two defensive tackles slanted. He came on the inside to the right guard and got and the right guard didn't see him. Like those are the things, and then they'll say Max Stark's got a sack. So. That's where I kind of – a Super Bowl, that's a team achievement. That's what every organization is building towards. When you come to it, 
what is the what is the goal to win a Super Bowl as a team? And when you accomplish that ultimate team goal, the other things come with it. Because we see year after year when a team wins a Super Bowl and there's free agency. Yeah. Guess what? That free agent guy is getting a very inflated contract more often than not if, if he comes available. And yet you could play two games and have a Super Bowl ring. So good. I'm Correct. glad Correct. you had a nice Barrett little Brooks. career hey, listen, right there. Mentor, That's all I'm saying. Um, my mentor Barrett Brooks. Had one play, he was holding my helmet as I was dumping the Gatorade on top of Coach Cower's head at the end of the game. And Ike Taylor gets an interception, and we go back on the field to have to take a knee. He kicked my helmet all the way to the back wall in Ford Field <laughs> and, was, and was running on the field with his helmet like, hey, Max, I got you, I got you, I got you. I don't know where your helmet is. I'll just take this and got his one play. So I get that, but when we're talking about starting and playing or four, four special teams guy, those are the guys, and they also get rewarded, but it is a team goal, and it takes all, all 11 guys on each side of the ball in each phase to make that happen. That's messed up. He kicked your helmet, but I also really kind of <laughs> I, I applaud the move yeah. there. Yeah, uh, listen, hey, vet move. He was 14 years in. That's he, true. he wanted his he way in the Super ring. Bowl. Absolutely. <laughs> Max, uh, we appreciate the Thank time you, as Max. always, buddy. Thank you. Uh, my, my pleasure, guys. Hey, y'all have a great weekend, okay? So glad right. you're back, buddy. You God bless. Good to be back. Enjoy the show. Uh, all right, when we come back, back to basketball, at what point do we stop caring about how the Suns win and just uh, just enjoy the fact that they do keep winning? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Everybody, Dan Bickley here. What condition will our Phoenix Suns be in come Monday morning? Big weekend ahead, folks. We'll tackle it at 6 a.m. on Monday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Suns off tonight. They will continue their in-season playoff series with the Houston Rockets tomorrow. Actually, they will conclude it tomorrow. Uh, even Booker even mentioned it in the post-game uh, interview on TV last night. He's like, "Okay, now we're two and one against them. We got one more on uh, on on Saturday." Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be something you might want to tune into, Bazarians. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun Saturday night. Game. That is going to be a slugfest, metaphorically speaking. So the Phoenix Suns, or literally, <laughs> since yeah, maybe, maybe maybe not metaphorically speaking, the the Suns since uh, since Christmas Day are twenty one and nine. It is one of the best records in the NBA. A couple teams have more wins. Boston has twenty three wins. Oklahoma City has twenty three wins. Oklahoma City's also played two more games than the Suns. But the only reason I bring this up is a lot of times you talk about the Suns and people are like, "Man, when are they going to figure it out?" Well, they they might be figuring it out. I mean, they have one of the best records in the NBA. If you're just going to go win percentage, they've they're winning 70% of the time since Christmas. Yeah. And, and it's that's not that's not 10 games, man. That's 30 games that were like that's almost a half of the season right there. So that's yes. a legitimate sample size and it's the most recent 30 games. It's not like, well, they started good and now we don't know what's going on. I, the reason I bring it up, Wolf, is we're all watching the games. We're all watching every second of every game. And do they look like they're going to win the NBA title right now? No, there's still work to be done. But at a certain point, should we not just appreciate the fact that they're winning the games? Yes. Yes, we should appreciate the fact that they are winning the games right now. But um, let's face it. Let's be real. You have to talk about this. They've got the toughest part of their schedule all season long yep. <laughs> coming up. And it's not even close and hasn't been very close. So when you play Boston twice 
in what? What is that? Five days? Uh, Saturday and Thursday, March 9th and March 14th. Yeah, you're going to Boston twice. And of course, you've got Milwaukee and you've got Cleveland. And you, I mean, you've got the last 10 games of the season. You've done this before. <laughs> Just go ahead and look at the last 10 games of the season. It's downright terrifying when you think of how difficult it is. Denver, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, all on the road, by the way. Cleveland, Minnesota, and New Orleans again. L.A., the Clippers twice at Sacramento and at Minnesota to end the season. (laughs) I mean, you know, that is is brutal. That, That schedule... Sucks if you're trying to get into the playoffs, but if you're if you're trying to ramp up for the playoffs, I don't know that you could ask for a better ramp up. Those ten, you know, assuming everybody stays healthy or whatever. But in terms of competition going into the playoffs, it's almost like it's almost like preseason for the playoffs. It is like preseason for the playoffs, but at the same time, if you're fighting for a seed, if you if you're hoping oh, for something, right? Maybe if you're talking about the play-in tournament, I mean, that's what you want to be. No, you don't want that. You, if you if you're hovering around that number five, number six, it's so bunched up in the West, mm-hmm. and you got to finish with that. I mean, these are good teams we're talking about right here. Teams that are capable of beating the Suns. Look. um, yeah, it's it's going to be a rough sled for the Phoenix Suns the rest of the way right now. And this is where it gets interesting. It can really refine the Phoenix Suns or maybe define the Phoenix Suns and where their seed is going to be. Well, you know, the other thing I would just throw into this conversation real quick, they've won nine in a row at home, which they may not have home court a lot advantage wise in the playoffs depending where they finish i mean if you finish let's say 6th you're you're never going to really have home court advantage in a playoff series overall but you're still going to have 3 games at home and i you know we all remember the year that they made that run uh they were dominant at footprint center during that run in the playoffs in particular so it's nice to see that i mean at one point this season they were 11 and 11 at home and now they're 20 and 11 at home so that's that is a good trend that probably isn't getting talked about enough but to go back to the uh, you know the, the conversation of when when is it just going to be enough that they're winning games? I can tell you right now for Wolf Wolf for me right now it's going to be starting this weekend. You got the Houston game tomorrow. Yep, it, it, that's a weird enough circumstance where for me going forward, where they got twenty three games left. Now it, it's because of the quality of opponent they have. I mean, next week, Oklahoma City and Denver, and then Boston the following weekend into Cleveland, into Boston again. They got Milwaukee on March 17th. That's, that's brutal right it, there. It, the the Boston-Cleveland-Boston. Exactly. And that's my, my theory on why so many of us are like, yeah, they won, but is because we're not seeing them play the very best teams. Well, you're going to. They have the hardest schedule in the NBA by far, leading into the playoffs, and obviously the playoffs are going to be tough too. So for me, I'm not, I'm not watching a game against... Detroit and trying to project, well, would this be good enough, though, if they were playing Denver? Where there's no more projecting. Starting this weekend, they're playing all the best teams. Every game they win, to me, from this point on, is good enough. Yeah. And also, too, when you're the Phoenix Suns and you have Kevin Durant and you have Devin Booker, just the fact they walk in between the lines out onto the basketball court gets you, as their opponent, gets your ire up. And all of a sudden, you... You start to you breathe a little heavier. I'm I'm serious, man. You know who it is you're playing yeah. against. Everybody gets up 
to play against the most talented guys in the league. I don't care what league we're talking about. Hockey, baseball, football, basketball, don't care. You get up against teams that are good and against good players. You know who they are. And that's why the Suns, I think just just the mere fact that KD and Book and Bradley Beal, when he's healthy, are walking out onto the floor, they get the other team's best the vast majority of the time. That's why it's interesting, the dynamic with these good teams that are out there as well, like Boston, like Denver, like Cleveland, like Milwaukee, like Philadelphia, these other good teams that are out there. Is it the Suns who are going to get a little up for them? Or maybe, you know. Yeah. So how competitive are these games? It matters to me. It's an interesting thought, too, because like Oklahoma City, 41-18, and third best record in the NBA. So let's just call it the way it is. They've been better than the Suns this season. They're six games ahead of the Suns. Yeah. But you're right. If, if you are, if you're, you know, random team, random league average team, and you've got Oklahoma City and then the Suns on the schedule, the team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker is going to stand out. And like you said, kind of get you on edge. Like, okay, we're facing Durant and Booker and potentially Beal. Like Oklahoma City's got SGA, and if you're a player, and you know how good he is. But it, it, it's they don't have the cachet of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in the sense that the Suns do have a target on their back most nights the way a team like Oklahoma City or you know even like Minnesota. Those teams have better records, but they probably don't have that target on their back the way the Suns do. It, it, you're 100% right. Like This is going to get real interesting now because the Suns are going to be facing the top teams I don't know if Boston looks at anybody like their opponent has the target on their back. It's always Boston with the target. Uh, here's Devin Booker talking about the tough schedule now down the stretch that's coming up. I think we, have, I think they say we have the toughest schedule yet, and you know I think that's how it should be. You know you want to, you know you want to play these games late in the season that you know teams that you you might see and you know already kind of get in the flow of ramping it up and. Um, just getting a taste of what the playoffs is going to feel like. So um, looking forward to trying to win every game we can and, you know, obviously stay out the plane and maybe move up a couple stop, couple, couple spots and, you know, get home court advantage. <laughs> it is, Just stay out of the plane. It is totally incredible right now because as I'm looking yesterday, we were talking about point diff, <laughs> point differential and how big. I, it's amazing, Basinonians, when you look at point differential for the NBA, just how rock solid it is in terms of teams that are winning right now. Do the do the <laughs> do the Phoenix Suns play the Boston Celtics? Yes, mm-hmm. they're Twice. number one. Yep. I think we did this yesterday, but think about this: OKC, do they play them? Twice. They're number two. Okay, Minnesota, the T Wolves, do they play Minnesota? Twice. Twice. What about Cleveland? Twice. <laughs> Twice. What about the Clippers? Uh, twice, twice, back to back. The top five point differential teams in the league. They play them twice, and there's not that many games left. There's what only about, 23 games. What left. about New Orleans? Uh, New Orleans, they play them twice. Okay, they're number six. Yep. What about Denver? Uh, twice. <laughs> <laughs> what about Milwaukee? Once. Do they play them? They play well, them once. well, they yep. play them once. Yep. What about the New York Knicks? Here's the one outlier. They don't play the yeah, Knicks, they do they? The Knicks, yeah. Okay, what okay. about Philadelphia? Uh, Philadelphia, they've got them once. Okay, so here it is, Basin audience. The Phoenix Suns play nine of the top ten point differential teams in the NBA right now. If, if you look at the records, go ahead and add them all up. Well, yeah, It'll not blow only blow your minds. They, so, so 16 of their last 23 games are against those 
top 10 point differential teams. Unbelievable. Man. So make sure you win the games against Houston. I mean, these are these are not just, yeah, competitive games. It's going to be tough. Out. We're, we're talking about the best in the association. I, I'm glad you found that way to describe it because it doesn't do justice to be like, well, they're going to play some teams above 500. Like, no, no. They are playing the best teams in the NBA for basically 75% of the games they have left. Unbelievable. And you know what? Again, it's an opportunity to refine them. Man, you go, you walk through that and you do well, it, it's going to prepare you for the postseason. But you walk through that and you win more than you lose. Man, I'll tell you, it could refine the Phoenix Suns. Get healthy, get in sync, and stay out of the play-in. That's it. That To me, those are the only three goals for the Phoenix Suns now for the next month and a half until the playoffs start. Okay, say it again. Get healthy, get in sync, which is more so outside the big three, and stay out of the play-in. Okay. That's it, right? I mean, can I you like think it. of anything else? That's no, it. it's good. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.